Our gospel reading uh, this morning, my wife Vicki read it for us. Enjoy. It's John 17, verses 1 through 11. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that the son may glorify you. Since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is the eternal life, that they may know you, the one and true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I'm asking on, on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of them, those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have glorified, been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may, may be one, and we are one. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, what's funny is Vicky's reaction after this why it kind of took so many takes to do. Is that's a really confusing uh, passage. She finished it up and she goes, good luck preaching on that, Tim. <laughs> because you're, I am yours, you are mine. They are, you know, it's, it's some stories you get of Jesus. You can follow the story. It's a, it's a parable that you might have to figure out the meaning, but you can understand the, the way the story is proceeding. The words are clear. And this is one, it just doesn't seem to be that way. It can be very confusing. So maybe I can help us out with that, and I can help myself uh, at the same time. This is what's typically called Ascension Sunday. So it is the last Sunday of Easter. Uh, Easter, we know, one uh, an Easter celebration in which we um, celebrate the risen Christ, the tomb being empty. But it is not just a one-day thing. Uh, the season of Easter uh, in the church year is actually seven Sundays long, and we are now on the seventh Sunday of Easter. And it always ends with the Ascension, because next week is uh, Pentecost, the giving of the Holy Spirit. So we get these words, the stories of Jesus during the time of Easter of these post-resurrection appearances, and it ends with Jesus leaving. We could have had a reading from the Gospel of Luke in which it actually recounts Jesus going up to heaven. Uh, but the lecture you decide is to give us this reading from John uh, in which it is coming up in which he's about to die on the cross. So he's still leaving and he's preparing them for the time in which he will no longer be with them. So it fits for today. The Easter, we have res post-resurrection experiences of Jesus. He's now leaving and now you have uh, his followers, the church, left to determine how do we move forward from here. And that's why we get the Holy Spirit that will come in and guide us in those ways. And we talked about the Holy Spirit last week, how the Holy Spirit can guide and influence us. But I was thinking about this passage 
And where do we so often, not about this passage, but about the life of Jesus, where do we hardly ever see Jesus? There's only two times I can think of him that he was in the synagogue. Uh, we have one as he was a boy that he was teaching, right? He kind of left his parents. They had to return back to find him. And they found him like three days later teaching in the synagogue. And they all were amazed. The other time we find Jesus in the synagogue, and I could be wrong. Some of you are thinking, oh, we saw him somewhere else too. Um, but the, the ones that I could, I could think of is when uh, he enters into Jerusalem, uh, and in the Synoptic Gospels, this happens right near the end, he goes to the temple, so maybe not synagogue, he goes to the temple and he turns over the tables because he's upset about the way it's all being corrupted. He's upset about that in order to buy uh, the animals to sacrifice, not only do you have to buy the animals there, but you have to change your money into the money that the temple will accept and then buy the animal at the temple. So there's all these processes going on. The rest of the time, you find Jesus out in the world. He's not always coming back to one central location um, to gather with the same group of people. Rather, he's always going to other places. And there's a group of people going with him, but he's always going to other places to be with so many other people and involved in their lives and healing them and feeding them, um, listening to them, crying with them, laughing with them, eating with them, drinking with them. Um, but vast majority of the time and life of Jesus is not spent in a building, even though that was important to go there, the vast majority of it was spent outside with other people. That is truly where he lived and loved and proclaimed God's love. And he's empowering his people to do that same work, to carry it forth after he leaves, which is imminent, right? According to what's happening here, according to John, he's about to die on the cross. That's what's coming up next. And in the other gospels, when we get to Ascension Sunday and he's a lift up to heaven, the spirit is going to be given and now he's going to go out. So that's what this is about to me. It's about going out that Jesus prays not only for the people back then, he prays for all those who are to come and he prays for protection. Which means we're not, if you ask me, we're not supposed to just hunker down, but we're to go out. We're supposed to take, uh, I don't know if you want to say take risks, take safe risks. And not just stay within this one little confine and think this is where we live or practice or do our faith. But it happens in all of these other places. And I bring that up because we're in this time in which we're wondering, when do we worship again within our building. And I look forward to that day in which we can gather in our building again. It has been such a joy these last two days to bring these signs around to people's yards and to stay and to visit, whether it was for five minutes, whether it's for a half hour, 45 minutes, but to stay and visit with people and to have that kind of face-to-face -face, uh, interaction. Um, you know, uh, it was very hard not to hug, <laughs> you know, as you saw people, it's, you kind of do that initial move forward, and then you can't do it. And this is why I bring it up as we talk about, do we need to have our churches open? So while we crave to be together physically in the same space, 
To practice the faith and live the life of Jesus does not require us to be in the same physical space. We can continue to do what we are called to do in so many other ways. That is a way we are accustomed to. That is a way we enjoy. And it is a way that is good. And it is a way we'll, we, we will return to. And to think that that is so... Um, whether you want to use that word essential, which I hesitate to use because it carries all this other baggage with it, whether it is so important as if we can't continue on practicing, learning, growing, living, loving, following Jesus, um, it's just not true. We don't need protection when we're within the church. That's when we practice a faith. We need protection when we go out, when we serve, when we heal, when we love, when we speak out, right? To have the courage to do the things that we are called to do. And Ascension Sunday is about Jesus leaving and empowering us to go out. And so a video I want to show you is a video that the New Hampshire Conference uh, of Pastors and Leaders came out with. So a little bit about, in case you're unfamiliar with it, the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, uh, right, is which we're part of, um, maybe 9,000 congregations, 3.5 million members. It's divided up into 65 synods. We are the New England Synod, which is made up of churches in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut, um, New Hampshire, Vermont, and Maine. And then each of those synods are divided up into smaller groups, and we are the New Hampshire Conference. And so the New Hampshire Conference, we're just a group in which we can get together to support and share and talk about ideas that are going on as pastors and leaders. So we meet with people from Calumet, we meet with retired pastors, and all the pastors that are uh, leading a church are invited to be part of it. Um, but as we talk about how do we resume, we wanted to put something out on what's going to guide us in that, right? Um, because we want to ensure that our faith is not about whether or not we meet in a building, but it's whether or about we continue doing the work that God has called us to do. So let me play this video for us now. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7 While we most often hear these words at a wedding, they were originally written for a community of people that were struggling to get along. They were written in a time and a place in which different thoughts and ideas and worldviews were colliding. They were written to a people that were letting those collisions of ideas get the best of them, and it threatened their unity. Best of them, and it threatened their unity. And it threatened their unity. In the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic, a society decides what are the safe ways to proceed with reopening. We know that there will be many and various opinions on how churches should move forward. We know that there may not be one right answer. 
We also know that none of us knows everything. Therefore, these are our promises to you. These are our promises to you. Therefore, these are our promises to you. We promise to guide all of our decisions based on love. Love for God, which is shown through the love for our neighbor. We promise to listen to the best scientific data available to help us in our decisions. We promise to support you through this time by providing other worship experiences and faith learning opportunities. We promise to do our best to listen and to talk with you and be patient and kind with everyone as we have never lived through a global pandemic in our lifetime. We promise to hope along with you in a future that will look different from the past, but believe and trust that it will be good. Thank you for all the ways you have continued to be the church during this time. Remember the church is not about the specific physical space in which we gather. It is about gathering in any way possible and then going out from that gathering to love God and love our neighbor. This can be done with or without a building. We only need each other, God and love. Neither the pandemic nor anything else in all creation will take those away because it is the love of God in Christ that endures. So what I think about that too is we need protection as there are different and various opinions as we go out to live our life of faith and as we decide on when we return together, we, want to, we, we appreciate the fact that Christ has prayed for us, for those who were then, for those who were to come, and that we, we want to be unified as much as possible as we go forward. And that the crux of our faith isn't where we meet, as important as it is, but it's what we do because we meet. For that is what makes a difference in the world. That is what we need protection for. That is what we need prayer for. That is what we need the Holy Spirit to guide us in. Thank you for all the ways in which you have continued to live, love, forgive, and serve during this time and the times that are still to come. Amen.